0: One morning, I woke up and I knew Welcome into the 19th edition of Rocky Singery and hey, the Rockies are playing playoff baseball. Well well kind of. The Asheville Tourists are playing playoff baseball. They went on to the second round of the Sally League playoffs. Uh, they're playing right now tonight in the best of five series. But on the Rocky side, we got some exciting news too. John Gray's facing Ker- Clayton Kershaw tonight. Looked really good his last start. We'll cover all these things in a second, but let's start us off. I am Jake Shapiro. You can find my writing on Rocky Zingers. You can follow me on Twitter, at shapalicious. To my right, I'm Trevor McKinney. I'm just on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can find them if you somehow search really hard. Um, yeah. And I'm
1: Marco Mammel, and I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I'm doctor, at Dr. Heckler. And uh, you can follow me at RockyZingers.com as well.
0: And on the phone from Memphis, we got...
2: Adam Peterson, uh, another Rocky Zingers writer. And you can follow me on Twitter at PlayerTVNL.
0: Okay. Uh, Okay. Sorry for the minute of pause there. We're we're making good radio here, or great great good (laughs) podcast here. Anyways, 19th edition of the podcast, as we normally do. We're going to start us off with number 19s, Best number 19 in baseball history, unfortunately, is not Ryan Spillboards or Charlie Blackman. But most likely... A guy who played for the Padres, I'm
1: going to
0: guess. That's your guess, Tony Gwynn. Uh, You're saying Tony Gwynn. I'm going to go... I I think the best 19 in baseball history was was Robin Yount. I think Robin Yount was a little better than Tony Gwynn. But in memoriam, I'm actually going to go with Burt Campanaris, the only guy to play all nine positions in a Major League Baseball game.
1: What about Will Ferrell?
0: Well, that's why Will (laughs) Ferrell did it, was after Burt Campanaris. Okay. Also, yeah, that.
1: Well,
2: and Will Ferrell cheated. he went to nine different, ten different games, <laughs> or whatever. So.
0: Yeah, yeah and it's impossible that. to play DH and pitcher in the same in the same day or, or same game. So he actually played ten positions, but it's also kind of an asterisk there too. By the way, that documentary came out on Saturday, and it was absolutely atrocious. Really, uh, yes. I'm still going to
1: see
0: it. Oh, yeah.
2: I heard good things about
1: it. I, I, that makes me sad.
0: Yeah. The best part was like slow-mos of Will Farrell in a helicopter. I mean, it um, doesn't like <laughs>
1: that, you know. Yeah.
0: It was it wasn't up to his semi-pro caliber standards. Uh, oh, Talladega Nights. That was that was no, a pretty good one too. No way. Um Will uh, Ferrell debate. Oh, yeah.
1: Episode of the podcast. Yeah, wait, hold on. I, is, right is, right it, is this a Will Farrell podcast? Okay. Or is best, this a Will, podcast?
0: best Will Farrell movie in your mind, Adam go. <laughs> uh I'm going to have to go, anchor, man. Right. Solid. Old School is definitely up there, uh, even though it's not, like, predominantly him. Marco's going to go with sem- Semi-Pro, yeah. right? Like,
1: that's one of my favorite comedies of all time, like, hands
0: down. So, I, yeah. I think Semi-Pro's there. I also think... Step Brothers. Ste- Step Brothers yeah. is what I was going to yeah. say. I also think the cop movie with Mark Wahlberg's right there. Oh, that was oh one. yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. What is that cool. called? Well, the other that's
0: guys. My, that's oh, my right. wife's... Yeah. One of my wife's favorite movies. Uh, I mean this is oh. least creepy as possible, Adam, but I like all the things your wife likes. <laughs> we we know. have a lot in common. Um yeah, my,
2: my wife's pretty awesome. She's cooler than me. She's a my wife does mixed martial arts every Monday and Wednesday, so that's what she's doing now. Adam, so yeah, my wife, my wife's uh, cooler than you. Your
0: wife is more bro than you are. Uh, some days. <laughs> well,
1: you definitely don't want to piss her off because she could like kill you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Oh, speaking of that, I watched another movie. I watched that uh, Ben Affleck movie. Gone Girl? Gone. Oh my Uh, god. I was like scared for a week after that movie. Right? I I didn't go out on a date for a week after I saw that movie.
1: The only reason I liked it, or uh, liked Ben Affleck's uh, ability in it, was because he was playing a sucker. And I really yeah. hate Ben Affleck, but he played a sucker pretty well.
0: That wasn't him acting. That was actually yeah, him ex- Dude, I said that the entire movie.
1: I was like, wow, he's playing himself. He's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, they just didn't tell him the yeah. script. They were just like, just act normal. You're going to marry this girl, and
0: we're just going to be filming you the
1: whole time. Yeah. And when shit goes wrong, just remember just it's roll Just roll go with, with it. it.
0: Yeah. Um, this is not a movie podcast, despite what we've gone off on. But you can tell we're at the point in the Rocky season where the most interesting thing are movies. And I guess we're just going to go spontaneously into this. Um, Adam, I, kn- I know you're a big baseball movie guy. Uh, I think we all are. Uh, why don't we just go with their best baseball movie? Adam, what's yours?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, that reminds me of, what was it, two weeks ago? Uh, we talked about Fever Pitch.
0: Um,
1: <laughs>
2: uh, so on, my, my Guilty Pleasure movie is definitely Fever Pitch, but I think over, all around, it would probably have to be Bull Uh Just because... It's funny. It's I mean, having a baseball movie without Kevin Costner just feels wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um. But uh, but Field of Dreams is right up there. I read uh, the book Shoeless Joe by De, uh, by W. P. Kinsella, uh, W. P. Kinsella or whatever, and uh, the book was really good. Uh, but that's one of those movies that I overshadows the book, uh, believe it or not. So uh, it's between those two, Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. But I think a guy give the edge to Bull Durham
0: go go around Marco what's yours well
1: I was gonna go with Bull Durham but uh, if we're allowed to pick documentaries then I might do The Battered Bastards of Baseball cause oh that, so good. that movie like it just it resonates with me it's just it's an awesome movie
0: especially as Boulder kids like The yeah. Battered Bastards of Baseball is one of the best documentaries I've ever watched yeah
1: period doesn't matter if it's sports or anything It just it's just an awesome
0: movie Trev Sandlot oh nice. right up. Yeah, that's oh a little, yeah that's a little off off the kilter I know it just <laughs> reminds me of my childhood and my love for baseball can't too. go wrong with that you know? yeah I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Bull Durham guy. I probably know every line from that movie. But you guys are, are, are forgetting about the greatest baseball movie of all time, Rookie of the Year. Oh, I knew <laughs> I knew oh God. Every, every Chicagoan's dream oh my God. to grow up, break their arm, and go play for the Cubs and throw 98 miles an hour at Wrigley Field.
1: Uh, it's about as realistic as them winning a World Series in yeah, the upcoming year. Which is, which is,
0: which is sad. Um, but on the other hand... Uh, Bull Durham is a fantastic movie, and I I can't slight that. So, um, and as we are uh, looking right now, the Buffs just got a basketball commit, and I have to finish an article about that. So, so let's move into so why don't you guys start talking movie about movie buff? Movie buff. Yes. Uh, that's Drew Kreisman's well. bio, which is hilarious because Same. he's not that proud to be a buff. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, why don't we start talking about? John Gray, uh, and Chad Bettis. They've had some really good starts this week. Adam, I know you've been paying attention this week, um, unlike many Rockies fans. So, Adam, why don't you run us through what you've seen this week? The, the Rockies went 4-3 and three this week. Um, Pat, I, that's a pretty good stretch for how bad this team really is. So why don't you run us through uh, kind of what you've seen this week, what you have liked, what you haven't liked. I know Tom Murphy's up now. Justin Miller's been fantastic. We'll throw it to you, Adam.
2: Uh, yeah, so between John Gray and Chad Bettis, uh, I only got to see little bits and pieces of Chad Bettis' start um, on Friday against the Mariners. I think he threw seven innings, finished with six strikeouts. Um, what little I did see, man, the thing that encourages me most when I'm watching pitchers is, is how their breaking balls are working, uh, how well they're able to snap off a good curve or, uh, or run a good slider up there, and... Uh, Bettis' off-speed stuff was really, really working. I was, I was very, very impressed. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, it was pretty incredible. Um, but like I said, I only got to see bits and pieces. Uh, John Gray, uh, he was, he was just dicing through the Padres the other night. I guess that was, uh, um, Tuesday night. It's almost a week ago now. And, uh, man, <laughs> Uh, it was a fun night to be on Rocky's Twitter because everyone was seeing it. Uh, you know, he—he—I he mean, even
0: I was seeing it, Adam, and I haven't been completely behind John Gray so far.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was—I uh, uh, just look at me; I'm getting all misty-eyed. Uh, it was. <laughs> you look uh, at you on this was,
0: podcast. The next five what years of your
1: life were flashing before your eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, it was just beautiful, man. Uh, you know, he was locating his fastball. He was staying ahead of hitters. He was, uh, uh, he was keeping guys off the off-speed stuff. Um, he finished, uh, pulled up his line, he had uh, five innings pitch with six strikeouts. Um, I mean, it was just, it was, I'm going to call it his best start to date, but um, as far as the starts that I have seen, uh, that's the best I've seen him pitch uh, this year
0: yeah everyone said his Mets start was right up there with it um, I didn't get to see the entirety of the Mets start but I was completely impressed with his pitch location his ability to bury his, bury his slider his uh, change-up really had some downward movement which was my biggest concern with John Gray is I was not seeing the downward movement required uh, to be a Ace caliber pitcher in Major League Baseball. He did come out of that game early only pitching five innings. He hasn't gone more than six innings uh, or, or more than 5.1 innings in any start except for when he went six against the Mets in his second start. But you can say, arguably, this tweet uh, or, or, or this start was as good of a start any as any j- that John Gray has had. So I, I, I think we're building, or, or John Gray is building. Um, his ability to become an ace, and he, and he improves start to start. He had a real rough go of it against Pittsburgh, I thought, but that lineup is stacked. That's the second-best team in the National League. Arizona's lineup's ridiculous, with Pollock and Goldschmidt. So he's had struggles against these teams that he eventually is going to dominate, we hope at least, but he's getting these tests maybe a little quicker than ante- anticipated He's getting these tests right now in September rather than next May, uh, and he's going to be able to work out a lot more kinks next year when the Rockies aren't in contention too, and hopefully he'll be good to go by 2017. Another guy that I'm really hopeful for is Chad Bettis, who really has only had three bad starts this year in 17 starts, uh, pitched a seven-inning game in in Seattle, had six strikeouts, three walks, only allowed three hits, uh, Face 27. He was seriously dominant in this game. You're talking about the game uh, against Seattle, right? Yeah, on Friday night. Yeah. Again, I, I didn't see that
2: much of it, but uh, uh, but what I did see, I, like I said, I really liked.
1: Yeah, it just it was really nice to see Chad come back, and he's really had a strong year for us. And I'd say it was quite surprising. I mean, I didn't have too many expectations of him at the beginning of the year, and he's he's come through a couple injuries, I think, and you know, it's still been able to have a really solid year
0: all the way through. You know, I think it's like it's nice to look at a guy like Chad Vettis and hope that eventually he can become like the Jorge De La Rosa of the future and kind of just be that stable, solid pitcher that we have that we can count on every other start to just go out there and deal. I tweeted this sometime in the week that Jorge De La Rosa, the Rockies have like something like a 59 win percentage when Jorge's pitching since the Rockies picked him up in May of 2008 and a 43 win percentage when he's not pitching. Um, Jorge De La Rosa is an ace, and I'm trying to make that case. His statistics, you know, like ERA and every statistic that basically matters, may not back that up. But the Rockies win when he pitches, and you make a great point that Chad Bettis can be that guy. Chad Bettis has been probably the second best starter for the Rockies this year. War backs that up. Jorge with a 1-7 war, Chad Bettis the 1-2 war. But Chad Bettis has some stuff. As you know, he's also 26. He has the ability to become maybe even a two-starter. I am really high on Chad Bettis. He has some great movement on his pitches. He showed great command. He's also showed that like heart of a champion, that adversity, the, the ability to battle through things. And even bounce back, too. Right. He's been hurt. He's been moved to the bullpen. He's gone through all this crap, and all of a sudden he's putting together a great season when arguably he was the most hated guy on the team going into this season among Rockies fans. I am really high on Chad Bettis. Uh, really happy to see what we've seen out of Chad Bettis this year. I think it's fair
1: yeah. to say and there's no bad Chettis this year. Oh, Nice. Ha, ha, ha. nice Sorry. Go. Continue, we Adam. Exactly. You were going to probably say actually something intelligent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it was that start in Philadelphia. I think that was his real coming out party. Um, he, he threw eight innings. Uh, he flirted with the perfect game uh, for a little bit. Uh, kept up with the no hitter. I think it wasn't until the seventh inning or so that he gave up a hit. Uh, finished with eight innings pitched and two hits, uh, and yeah. And ever since then, he he's been uh, I would say solid, at, um, not not spectacular. You know, you take out
0: he had a bad start in Houston and a bad start in Anaheim, and that was basically it. Yep, and, and in the, one in, uh, and against the Giants about two weeks ago or two weeks ago.
2: Yeah, and so that's what I'm looking at. His game logs right now. I, th- I feel like if you you take that ten runs and two and a third out, um, and he might be having he might be holding the sub four ERA. Um, but yeah, Chad Bettis is someone who uh, honestly, if if the Rockies are going to have success, Chad Bettis is the type of guy that they have to hit on. You know, uh, you have to get guys like Chad Bettis who. Who come out of nowhere? He he wasn't exactly a highly regarded prospect by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Well, I, I I wouldn't necessarily say that he was the second best pitching prospect in the Rockies organization about three years ago behind John Gray. So so yes, you know he he isn't the highest caliber pitching prospect like the Rockies have now with guys like Hoffman, maybe even Tinoco, um, you know Sansitella. These guys they're going to people value them as the highest. You know, higher caliber pitching prospects in baseball. But Chad Bettis was viewed as a good prospect. He was viewed in the sense, oh, he could be a four or five starter one day. But the Rockies, I do like your point. The Rockies need these guys, these four or five starters or whatever, to be four or five starters or even occasionally end up being a two or a three starter. And one of the guys I, I, I think has done that for the Rockies is Jordan Lyles. So going into next year's rotation, hopefully, if Jordan Lyles is healthy, you already have Jordan Lyles and Chad Bettis. Going in and Along having with John Gray. Well, you know that's that's another thing, John okay. Gray and Jorge De La Rosa, and, and, and you know other things. But just the the solid pitching that that Jordan Lyles and Chad Bettis provide you. That's two fifths of your rotation there. And I was talking to David Martin, of Rockies review and BSN Denver, about this. And you know just the ability of the Rockies to to, to produce even one more or two more starting pitchers going the next year. Uh, and to have a, a steady hand every fifth day or, or one or two more steady hands every fifth day is going to make a huge difference for this ball club in the future.
2: Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Jordan Lyles. I'd like to see what, uh, what Tyler Chatwood has um, going forward. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably not going to strike as many guys as he needs to, to be successful, but, but he's another one that, that I think would be really
0: easy for us to forget. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I fans. think it's true. We did, I have forgotten about him until yeah. you mentioned him, and it's very, very true. Yeah, I
0: think he's really deep in the, the minds of Rockies fans. Um, you know, and, and Tyler Chatwood, you know, hopefully he can re- return to the form that he had because he was one of the better pitchers in Rockies history over the the stretch that he was good. And, and that's mm-hmm. the same with Tyler Matzik, too. So the Rockies have, like, kind of Chatwood and Matzik in this one category, Bettis and Lyles in this one category, Rustin and Hale in another uh, John Gray in one category, Eddie Butler, and maybe, Eddie Butler might be in that Chatwood, Where's you Kyle know, Freeland? Yeah. category. Freeland is, you know, one of the category? biggest... Freeland's right. too far away. Freeland's too I far mean, away, and he's one of the biggest question marks in this organization, just because he w- what he was. Freeland, I'd put in the category of Tyler Anderson, just because there's so many question marks about their health right now. You know, uh, Would you agree with my assessment there, Adam?
2: Uh... Yeah, yeah, I mean, for, for the most part, I think, uh, um, you know, I've been thinking through this past couple of days too of, you know, trying to put into different tiers and uh, understanding that, you know, if the Rockies are going to be successful, um, one of the things that just undercuts them all the time is depth. And so, yeah, Chris Resson isn't great. Um, I don't want him to be in my opening day rotation. But, man, if he's, a, if he's my sixth or seventh guy or seventh or eighth guy um, up, to, to you know, seventh or eighth guy in the rotation to make, make a spot start like that's not bad. Um, you know, so having guys like that is, is really important. Um, too easy to cast aside too.
0: Especially if the Rockies are competing, if they have guys like Johan Flande, David Hale, Chris Russon in their rotation, you know, somewhere down the line, either either in Triple A as filler or, you know, kind of as long men in the bullpen, I think that's invaluable to have guys like that, and that's one of the things Jeff Breidich has really done since taking over the reins is just building organizational depth, and that's one of the Mm. things the Rockies have always had trouble with, but one of the interesting things I see um, for the Rockies moving forward is the Rockies have really sucked at home this year. There's no way around it, and the Rockies haven't been this bad at home since 2012, which is arguably the worst year the Rockies have ever had, (laughs) but... You know, uh, I, I don't want this to be a problem moving forward, but even Nolan Arenado is producing more on the road than he has at home this year.
2: Mm. <laughs> Which, that's never, that's, that's, that's a strange sign. Uh, I don't want to say it's a bad sign, but it's a, it's certainly strange. Um, not something that you, uh, not something you really want to hang your hat on, right? Uh, you got to so win games
0: at Coors t- Field. T- t-
2: yeah, tell me, Jake. How how far are they from uh, you know what? What is the franchise worst record uh, for home games?
0: Uh, I think it was 2012, was from what I've checked, and uh, you know, I, uh, they, their winning percentage was something like 420. Uh, nice. Um, their winning percentage this year is 437 at home. So, mm. you know, it, they have 10 more games at home this uh, this season, and it's really going to depend on what they do. I think those 10 games. Whether or not they have the worst home record, you know they've ever had, because the Rockies do play some some solid teams here the rest of the year. I think they got the Dodgers for a series, um, as well as some other teams. So it's going to be really important for the Rockies, I think, to finish strongly on this ten game homestand. Just going just for going forward and building confidence. If Nolan gets three home runs in this home series, and you know ends up with twenty one at home and twenty one on the road, I think that does a ton for his confidence moving forward. Just to say, hey, you know me and Cargo, we both hit you know, 40 home runs, and I hit even numbers at home in the road. And, and that gives, you know, kind of moves away from Nolan's uh, uh, narrative of being a course field creation last year. And not only that, but it adds you know, uh, a, a certain element to saying Nolan can play at home too. Well, even the whole team as well. Like guys coming up see that, oh, Nolan can hit um, in San Diego too. He can hit in San Fran too. Maybe I can do that as well.
1: Yeah, and it'll take it out of the the heads of the players because a lot of statisticians are just saying that you know Coors Field is an anomaly. You can't you can't actually replicate the same stats on right. the road. And one if anything, even if Nolan doesn't finish the year with tied home runs for for both home and away, he has shown that you can have success on the road. That you know, as you said, he's not a Coors Field anomaly. And you know, maybe Tulowitzki wasn't a great hitter on the road, but that doesn't mean that the rest of players that come up for the Rockies can't be right. Yeah, you
0: know, I, I, I want to talk about Nolan in a larger sense too because Nolan, the, the jumps he has made from his freshman to his sophomore year and then from his sophomore to his junior year, let's call it, have been tremendous. He went from a guy who was a, a fielding first guy, maybe below average offensive player, to a guy who is a course field creation with a plus-plus defensive ability last year to a guy who is now an MVP candidate. If he makes another jump like he did the last two years this offseason, Nolan is undoubtedly going to win the MVP next year. And I think that if Josh Donaldson wasn't going absolutely bonkers in Toronto, Nolan would have by far the, the top third baseman trophy <laughs> in trophy. all of baseball.
1: Yeah, if there is, yeah I agree. Like, he, he's younger, but I, actually he might actually be around the same age as Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Josh Donaldson's
0: 29.
1: Oh, really? He was
0: traded to the cu- he was traded by the Cubs to the Athletics and the Rich Hill deal as a filler. Yeah, I'll that's leave a it really we to, to do track it.
1: down all the former Chicago Cubs. Chris me, Archer, or...
0: former Chicago Cub, yeah. traded in the for, um... for Matt Garza.
1: Oh, but what about I thought DeRosa was in there, right? or not DeRosa, but uh um DeJesus, DeJesus
0: De was in there too. Yeah, okay. And David wow. DeJesus wife. what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh why do we have to go creepy? But keep going. Uh, yes, but uh, one of the interesting things was Buster only tweeted that uh, uh, from a prospect's perspective that John, uh, not John Gray, Nolan Arenado was a better fielding third baseman. That uh, this prospect said, or, or the scout said of Nolan Arenado, than Beltre, Roland, you know, you name it. Basically, that Nolan was hands down the best defensive third baseman he had ever seen.
1: And when was this set? Was this this year? This
0: was like a week ago.
1: Oh, okay. I was um, wondering if he like coming up is just like yeah, this dude's yeah. gonna be the best. But yeah, I mean no, at I, this point, you I, see it, it like, wasn't. It wasn't
0: even
2: defensively actually. Uh, it wasn't. It, again, it, no. It was, it was. It was a short tweet, but uh, um, no, it was the best all around um, best third baseman. Uh, uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to see if I can find it because because this is another one that I favorited. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Long-time evaluator on Nolan Arenado. He's the best fr- third baseman I've ever seen. Roland, Brooks, Beltre, better than all of them. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. That's yeah. not to be I mean, taken lightly. Yeah. That's high praise for a 20, what, for a 23,
0: 24-year-old? 24 24 yeah. It's yeah. probably be- not better than Darren uh, Erstad, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Or David be, Eckstein, right. The 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 Cardinals' scrap and grit. Who could be better than that? Um <laughs> But, I mean, Nolan's talent is phenomenal. I think we're seeing the talent that Cargo has once again. And it's just great to see that this talent, you know, hasn't disappeared from this roster. That they still have, um, uh, a, have a, a great players, amount of yeah. talent yeah. on this team.
1: Yeah, they just need to find a way to get it to all come together and add some other pieces along the way. I mean, mostly we'll be seeing that from the minor leagues at this point. But I, I'm, I'm optimistic that, you know, the, the future could be pretty good, but... And, again, we've always we thought that, that way. Yeah. yeah, we say that every year. So, you know, that's just me being a Rockies fan, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I honestly <laughs> don't have much to be optimistic about going into next year, but, yeah.
1: Way to bring everybody down, Jake. Yeah,
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's happy. Nolan Arenado. Like, he's already made his uh, mark on the franchise, and he's only been up for, you know, three years now. He's, uh, according to baseball reference, he's already number 12 uh, in the franchise in, in wins above
0: replacement. Uh that's yes. weird because the Rockies haven't won many games since uh, Nolan got yeah. out, so that mu- that, that, that's a flawed stat there, Adam.
1: <laughs> oh, uh,
2: I'm sorry. I can't find what, it, what is uh, TWTW, oh, his, oh, can his we... will to win.
0: Can we... <laughs> uh, his... His, his, his ability to play. You know what I do want to do? I want to make uh, the phrase wars a thing. So instead of saying Nolan has like a 6.3 war this year, saying Nolan's got 6.6 wars, wins above replacements. oh Oh, yeah it's see that's like it's like like rbi kind of yeah like what do you do with it do you say do you say rbis or do you say rbi i
2: try i try to say either yeah i try to say rbi because it's not run batted ends it's It's run batted in in.
0: (laughs) what trevor oh i say i say rbis oh you're you're flawed this is why you're not a (laughs) blogger yeah this is yeah
2: the the the, the dixon baseball dictionary would uh would not (laughs) call me upon you Yep. uh but so that's the problem with saying wars is it's not wins above replacements.
0: So it'd wins. be it'd be WSR. Wassar. Yeah, WSR. WSR.
1: WSR. It's definitely not a disease or anything.
0: Yeah. That that confused way too many people on the Colorado Rockies fan page on Facebook. God, that that might be the lowest form of human existence. That fan page. <laughs> um, uh,
2: uh, anyways, I, I didn't think anyone think could pass. Uh, certain forms of Reddit but yes
0: (laughs) yes that is true Um, let's wrap up the podcast there we went a little bit short this week but uh, I think it was a fun one we got in a couple blurbs Uh, sorry that the Rockies suck Uh, just listen uh, to us
1: talk about movies
0: yeah yeah, coming next week. Uh, MCSNY movies. Crosby, Still, Nash, safe, Young.
1: Um, uh, uh, uh,
0: that's it for the worst the named m- podcast m- and m- on the m- internet. RCSNY, which Boys, still, Young, singery. We are the worst named rocking podcast on the internet. We have that trademark. are
1: number one. We're number one.
0: I think we like should come up with a saying that doesn't make sense. Also, like we're like we're countably the best or something. We're working on Yeah. Um you can follow us on, I gotta I work on brand. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag brand. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at Rocky You can follow us on Stitcher at Rocky You can follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes podme Um you can follow us on Rocky Singers too if you would like. Hi Richard. Uh you can go to the Rocky Singery podcast page uh where you can find like a couple of our old episodes. Catch them um, while you
1: can because then
0: they'll go in yeah I gotta get those old ones up. Um like by bro. Uh... We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week, though. Like so, I see you then. Because not everybody wasn't around me. Could
1: it be the way that the verses sounding came up on the ghetto boys and the underground king? Toys I had a bronze calling pretty brown thing. pink looked like Ruby Wonder when the sun was shining. Known to keep a bad bitch. No niggas beside me. And that bigger on the trigger case niggas is clowning. Not to flex, but to protect my neck like the Wu Tang. Self preservation is the rule when you do aim. Or getting something more sinister. You gotta be the finisher. Make it so the doctors they can't replace
2: more football oh shit fucking bullshit unfucking believable baseball that's what I want to watch Juan Uribe <laughs> and then the next and the next one was I don't want to watch fucking football on the plane Uribe yelled to Wright you're the captain
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> everyone loves Juan Uribe yes <laughs> fast.
0: best, best.